I'm going to be in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. Just something that the Lord laid on my heart as I begin to read this fourth chapter, and we're not going to read the whole chapter, so it's not going to be that long, but how many knows that sometimes there's just things that are missing? This morning, I'm going to preach about something is missing. Look at your neighbor and say that. Something is missing. We're in 1 Samuel chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. I'll be reading from the New King James Version this morning. How many knows that every time that there is a question in the Scripture, uh, that it's important for us to look at it, and do we know what the answer is, right? Uh, so there's some questions that we need to pay attention to, and there's some things that I have highlighted that I want to draw uh, our attention to. But it simply says this, And the word of Samuel came to all Israel. That's important. Now Israel went out to battle against the Philistines and encamped beside Ebenezer, and the Philistines encamped in Aphek. And then the Philistines put themselves in battle array against Israel. And when they joined battle, Israel was defeated by the Philistines, who killed about 4,000 men of the army in the field. And when the people had come into the camp, the elders of Israel said, notice this is a question, why has the Lord defeated us today before the Philistines? Let us bring the ark of the covenant of the Lord from Shiloh to us, that when it, I've highlighted the word it, that when it comes among us, it may save us from the hand of our enemies. So the people sent to Shiloh that they might bring from there the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of hosts who dwells between the cherubim. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were there with the Ark of the Covenant of God. And when the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord came into the camp, all Israel shouted so loudly that the earth shook. Now when the Philistines heard the noise of the shout, they said, What does the sound of this great shout and the camp of the Hebrews mean. Then they understood that the ark of the Lord had come into the camp. So the Philistines were afraid, for they said, God has come into the camp. And they said, Woe to us, for such a thing has never happened before. Woe to us! Who will deliver us from the hand of these mighty gods? These are the gods who struck the Egyptians with all the plagues in the wilderness. Be strong and conduct yourselves like men, you Philistines, that you do not become servants of the Hebrews as they have been to you. Conduct yourselves like men and fight. So the Philistines fought and Israel was defeated, and every man fled to his tent. There was a very great slaughter, and there fell of Israel 30,000 foot soldiers. Also the ark of God was captured, and the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, died. As we look at this fourth chapter of 1 Samuel, we have uh, kind of preached our way up to this point through those first three chapters, and, and I, I don't have time to go back to all of those, uh, but I want, what I want to point out here today is that those first three chapters running uh, there is a running theme throughout them. It is a contrast and a comparison between Eli, his sons, and the 
good Samuel, the young Samuel who is following after the Lord. We, we are told uh, throughout these first three chapters that Phinehas and uh, Hophni are evil men, that they are taking advantage of the people, that they are stealing from the uh, ritual uh, sacrifices, and they're taking the part that belonged to God. Yet we see Samuel, and he is in the temple. He is near the ark of the covenant of God. He is faithfully serving the Lord. And Eli, his protege, the one that he was learning from, uh, he knew all about his sons. He understood that they were doing evil. He had turned a blind eye to them. And when we look at uh, the description of Eli, who is the high priest, he is the one that should have been the most holy, the one that would enter into the holy of holies, the one who would uh, there go and represent the people for God. Yet the Bible describes him this way. He's old. He's fat. Uh-oh. He's barely able to see. How many knows that when you get old, those kinds of things happen to you? But what is happening here is there is a typology. And Eli's condition is a description of the spiritual state of Israel. You see, they have grown old. They don't really have a true relationship with the Lord. It, it has died off. They're no longer, uh, if you look in New Testament terms, they're not connected to the vine. They're not connected to the Lord. And they've fallen so far away from the Lord. And they're old and they're fat and they're, and they're lazy and they're blind. Not seeing what God is doing in their midst. The Bible tells us that the spiritual condition of Israel, and we talked about this last week, that there was a famine of the Word of God. The Word of God was not being heard. The Word of God, not just the, the written Word of God, but thus saith the Word of God, uh, was not coming forth. The people were not getting revelation. The people were not getting visions from the Lord. And it was as if God was absent, but He was not absent. There was a famine of the Word. And my friends, when there is a famine of the Word, when the Word is not being declared, when the Word is not being uh, preached like it is uh, here, then there's no power and there's no vision in the people and they cannot follow after God for they need people to declare the Word of God to them. And God was preparing to remove Eli and his sons from leadership. He was establishing Samuel as prophet that's the reason why it says that the word of God was coming to Samuel. It, it seemed that nobody else was hearing a word from the Lord. Oh my, what a terrible thing. I want you to know that it's important that I get a word for you, for uh, the congregation, but I also want you to know that it's time for each one of us to dig deep and to get into God's word and to get a message from God for ourselves. You see, we must follow the word of the Lord. It's powerful. It's life-changing. It's anointed to give us the power that we need. And here is Israel in a very sad state. A hopeless time in Israel. In came the Philistines, and uh, you may recognize that Goliath was a Philistine, that he was from Gath, 
that he was a giant. And there were many giants among the Philistines, but if they had had the Lord with them, uh, then they would have been no match for Israel. But, but there was something missing. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, there's something missing. In had come the Philistines immigrating into the area. They're bringing their equipment. They're bringing their military prowess. And in they come, and they defeated Israel. 4,000 men were killed. Something missing. There's something missing. And the Bible tells us the word of Samuel came to all of Israel. But it doesn't tell us that anyone was seeking that word from Samuel. That no one was uh, asking, uh, what do we need to do? How do we need to prepare for battle? Should we even go into battle? And we see here that the elders come up with a plan. Now, this is not the elders like some churches have deacons and elders. This is simply the heads of tribes, the heads of families. And they come up with a plan uh, because uh, they, they thought that something was wrong, that something was missing. And they asked of the Lord, well, why have you let us get defeated in this battle? Why have you defeated us before the Philistines? Can I tell you that was the right question? But they came up with the wrong answer. Uh, you see, because they needed to hear a word from the Lord. Uh, they, they were far from God, and I believe that God actually allows this uh, destruction to happen because they are not listening to Him. They're not following after Him, and we see that destruction comes because they have not gotten a word from the Lord. How, pastor, does this apply to me? I, I want you to know that uh, when you head into this life, uh, when you walk out of here and you make plans and you have dreams and you have visions and you say, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that, uh, but yet have you heard from the Lord? Have you heard from Him? Has He spoken into your heart and life? Is He given you wisdom? Is He given you direction? We need a word from the Lord. We need a word from the Lord. Why have you allowed us to be defeated? There was something missing. It was a missing word from the Lord. You, you see, many times when we face battles in our life, uh, they're more than just a physical battle. Many times there's a spiritual aspect and a spiritual nature to them. And they assumed that God was with them. They assumed uh, that he was on their side. But they had never heard a word from the Lord. And they went into this battle. And they were going to be defeated because they have never heard from God. If we want to be able to defeat the enemy in our life, you must have a word from the Lord. You must know what he's saying. And here as I look at this, I, I see that there are three signs to us that Israel has made a bad decision. How many knows that you can be, this are children of God. You can be children of God. They're the chosen ones. They uh, have God's name upon them, yet they made bad decisions because they avoided to get input from God's ordained person. They did not go to Israel. Now, I'm not telling you that you have to come to me with every little problem that you got. Uh, uh, don't come to me and say, Pastor, I don't know how to iron my shirt. Well, I, I know how to iron, but you learn that on your own. 
Uh, but when you got a spiritual problem and you've gone to the Lord and you don't know which way to go, then I, I believe that God ordains people into our lives. He gives us spiritual leadership that we might be able to uh, move forward. We might be able to keep going. Uh, don't bring me, uh, Pastor, I, uh, you know, I need to know what clothes to wear today. Don't do that to me. You decide that on your own. See, they had not heard from the Lord. They had avoided input, and they had not consulted from God. They had not gotten a word from God. Can I tell you that even some of the small decisions that you make in your life, you need to ask the Lord about it. He's concerned about the little things in your life. He's concerned about the little decisions because if we'll involve God in the little decisions, then it won't be so hard when the big decisions come because we've consulted the word of the Lord. They had not prayed for God's leading. How many are guilty? And I'm raising my hand because there's some days the alarm goes off and I hit the ground running and I, I've got so many things to do and I've got to accomplish A, because I'm a list writer, and B, and C, and then I've got to get to this, and I've got to go visit somebody, and I've got to do this, and I've got to do that, but uh, I've been remiss in that I haven't uh, asked the Lord to come and to help me all day long and to help me set the priorities and to make things happen as He wanted them to happen. You see, we gotta, we got to pray. we got to believe that God's going to, Help us in this. And here we see that the elders decided, hey, we're going to go get the ark. It is a physical representation of the very power and the presence of God. And they said, if we'll just go get it, uh, as if it is a good luck charm. You, you see, they had uh, left out, uh, they were after the ark of God, but they were not after the God of the ark. You, you see, there, there's times that uh, we want to come to church and, and we want to come to the church of God, but are we really seeking the God of the church, the one who said that I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it? Are we seeking after the God of the church? Here's the ark of God. And it wasn't unusual. They didn't dream this up. There were times whenever uh, the ark would be brought into battle. As a matter of fact, when Israel first come into the promised land, how many remember the story? They're, they're marching around Jericho. And here they've got uh, the priest and they've got the ark of the covenant of God. And then behind that they've got the army because uh, they wanted the presence of God right now in the middle of everything. You need to have the presence of God in the middle of everything while you're going about your life. And here they march and they march and they march seven times around Jericho. They march, and it's not because of the shout. Many times we preach that it was because of the shout that the walls came down. No, my friends, it was because they had God right in the middle of everything. He was the one who shook the walls. He's the one who tore them down. He's the one who made a way where there was not a way. He's God in the midst of his people. He's God in the midst of his people. Moses had taken the ark into the battle against the Midianites, and they were successful. But instead of 
coming before the Lord and humbly repenting for their wicked ways and seeking God as the Bible had told them. Uh, they decided that they would bring the ark into the midst of the camp. You see, the truth of the matter is the reason why they were defeated was because, not because God had left, but because they had left God. What was missing? We said the word was missing at first, but the relationship was missing. Can I, let me first tell you about Israel. You see, they probably thought they were in good with God. We're God's chosen people. Puff themselves up. Uh, we're still having uh, temple services. We're still having sacrifices. But underneath all of that was a decrepit and dead and dying religion, and they had no relationship with the God of the temple. They had gone far away from Him. And I tell you, in the New Testament, Christianity, the heart of it, is not don't do this and do that. It's not a list of don'ts and not a list of do's, but it is about a relationship with the living God, with Jesus Christ living in our heart. You see, we can never forget that this is all about a relationship. It's not, oh, I've been good, therefore, God, I deserve your blessings. No, I don't deserve anything, but I'm glad that you're still blessing me because I love you and I, I want to be more close to you, Lord. Do we have a relationship? Can I tell you that every relationship can get stronger? can grow stronger in the Lord. And here comes the ark. I can see this in my mind's eye. And they have a great confidence in the ark. Notice I didn't say they had any confidence in God. They had confidence in the ark. It was in their presence. That's what they said. It was there. Uh, uh, can I tell you that they had made an idol of the ark. Well, Pastor, we're modern day. We don't have no idols. We don't sit nothing up on a shelf and worship that. Oh, my friends, I want you to know that you're wrong. You can even make an idol of good things. Some of us have made an idol of the church. I come to church. I put on my Sunday best. I'm ready. And God, I deserve this. Right? But we don't have a relationship that's with the Lord. We're not growing in Him. And we can have, can I tell you, you can make a, a, an idol of your job. If you're more concerned about the money you make and the advancement that you have than the kingdom of God, then my friends, that we have set up an idol. Uh, if we're more concerned about uh, our relationship, our physical relationships, than we are with the spiritual God, then my friends, we have set up idols in our life. Look at your neighbor and say it's about a relationship. In comes the ark. And the people get all Pentecostal. I mean, they send up a shout. Woo! I mean, they're excited. The ark is coming to their presence. It didn't say God had. But the ark had come into their presence. And, and I can imagine maybe somebody's got a tambourine and somebody's, uh, you know, on the organ. I know they didn't have, but somebody's just worshiping the Lord. And they're, uh, you know, they're just excited. They're not really worshiping the Lord, but they're worshiping 
this idol. And they get so excited. Excited to the point that it shakes the ground. Now, I've been in some Pentecostal services before. I was telling somebody that I grew up as a kid going to Old Highbridge uh, camps, camp meetings and youth camps. And, and whenever the music would get to, to, to going and, and people stomping their feet and the, those old wooden floors would begin to shake. Uh, and I've been in some services where, you know, it felt like the ground was shaking, uh, but God was actually moving in the midst. But what I want you to know is that this was just all about excitement and coming from within, not about the Lord's presence being there. They were so excited that the Philistines said, uh-oh, something has happened. God has came into the camp, and it would have been a bad story for the Philistines if God had actually came into the camp, but instead it was just an idol that they had set up before God, and they said, it will save us. But there's no it in your life that's going to save you. It's only God. God is in control. What was missing Oh, they had the ark, but the presence of God was not in it. I wonder, is it possible for us to have a service like that? Where we just get so excited in the flesh, but God's not really in it, and God's not really moving. But the music's just perfect. And we get excited sometimes when the music's just pumping, right? And the pastor, he's, he's just really preaching hard. And he's getting loud. And, and, and we're getting excited. But God's not always in the loudness. You see, i, I got to read this. Loudness does not bring God near. Repentance does. Loudness doesn't bring God near. Repentance does. If my people will humble themselves and pray. Seek my face. Let's say get excited and shout. Although there's nothing wrong with that. I'm Pentecostal as you are. I was raised in this. But if you'll humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then I will heal from heaven. Then I will heal their land. Hmm. Let me think we need a healing in this land. We need a healing in this land. Could it be, thank you, Holy Spirit, that the church is missing something, church universal? Are we missing the real presence of God? Because the presence of God will drive back the enemy. The presence of God will make a difference in this nation. But we're carriers of the presence of God. Could it be that we've walked away? That we've not valued the presence of God. Well, Pastor, I don't, I don't want God's presence to be missing. Draw close to Him, and He'll draw close to you. The ark went into battle, and Israel was defeated worse than before. Because God didn't bless their superstitious belief about the ark. God's not a genie that we can summon him at our will when we've not been close to him. 
this was worse than losing a battle. Is the, the very thing that they thought contained the presence of God had gotten captured. They had made an idol of the ark. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. How many would be truthful and say, at times, Pastor, I've had things before God. I'm, I'm, I'm raising my hand. But today it's a call to come back to God. That's what Israel needed. But we'll see here that uh, if you read, I, I encourage you to read these first four, four to seven chapters. And you'll see that it took almost a generation before they really come back to God. Before they really repent, before God's presence really is restored in Israel. God, don't let it take that long. Because we need God right now. If we want to effectively minister in this community and see people come in and get saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, then we've got to draw close to God. Make no idols of anything of this world. 